You are listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. And welcome to a Healthy Insider podcast. I'm Sandy and I am on site in Dana Point, California at the CRN workshop. And I'm happy to be sitting here with Don Brown. He is a naturopath and we are going to talk about probiotics and the microbiome. Hi, Don. Hi, Sandy. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining me. Sure. So, Dr. Brown currently serves as the director of natural product research consultants in Seattle. And he is a member of the advisory board of the American Botanical Council and the editorial board of the Integrative Medicine Alert. He is a former member, or excuse me, a former board member of the International Probiotics Association. He is the author of Herbal Prescriptions for Health and Healing, and he's also contributed to a number of other books, including the textbook of natural medicine. And today we're going to do a little, something a little different and we're going to talk about true or false. I'm going to give him a couple of statements that I think that many people in the industry assume are true and uh, we'll let, we'll let uh, Dr. Brown let us know if they're true or false. So the first one, oh, and they're all related to probiotics. So the first one is probiotics or bacteria outnumber the cells of the human body by six to ten fold. True or false? It's- False now with the new information that we have. If you'd asked me that uh, four years ago, it was one of my go-to slides and <laughs> right. freak people out. Oh, we have 10, 10 times. Actually, the newest, the latest date of 2016, there was a publication and they recalculated and said it's closer to like 1.3 to 1. So we're not quite as outnumbered as we as we originally thought. So interesting because I mean people have told me that all the time. And again, it's like one of those slides that you. That it's. It's it's it was an urban myth that had its run in the in the sun and, and yeah that was you know the experts were saying that for a long time but right. somebody really sort of dug in and it's really uh, you know you go to all the international conferences and that's the number that they're starting to use now. Interesting. All right, the next one. True or false? Diversity in the microbiome is best in all cases. Mostly true with the data that we have right now, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to lean it a little bit towards the true side. There's a there is a um, growing sort of backlash to a couple of things, what that means, and 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 defining it, and um, that's sort of a work in progress. But I'm I'm a I'm a clinician, and um, again, I, we were talking earlier. I pediatrics is was my practice, and so I find that you know, particularly young children, children that are you know born through cesarean, children that are not nursed, don't have as much diversity in their GI mm-hmm. tract as as kids that are 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 born vaginally, and that's pretty well established. I think we've got that. So does that. And, and also health outcomes, you know, with mm-hmm. regards to developing um, allergic diseases like eczema or asthma, that's where they sort of go up in that population, obesity. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that right now, particularly for children, that does have meaning. Uh, stay tuned on adults, and we'll see what, what okay. that really means. Great. Okay, the third one, true or false? Probiotics, probiotics compete with bad bacteria in the digestive tract. They they do, and we used to think it was because they would um, come in, true, that they would come in and they would, it was like a busy parking mm-hmm. lot, and they would get a space before the bad bacteria did. Mm-hmm. And I think that that happens on some occasions. 
What we're finding now is, is that real, what probiotics are doing is probably more significantly is changing the environment inside the GI tract so that the potentially harmful bacteria like E. coli or something like that are just, it's not friendly, I'm not gonna hang out here. So they don't, they end up, for them to be harmful, they have to bind. And so I think it's creating an environment where that's not, it's making it less friendly for them to do that. So it's not its not like that they're taking a parking space, but they're reconstructing the entire it's, parking lot. Maybe they're, they're too big to get in. I, I think I think the I think the latter explanation is probably the bigger picture. I do think that there are some probiotic bacteria that we take. Um, we do know that, for instance, I'm shifting gears here away from the GI tract, but we know mm -hmm. do know in the vaginal microbiome that there are um, you know ways that the bacteria do bind and block and, and uh, create these things called biofilms that keep the bad bacteria like you know again E. coli or mm -hmm. you know which would cause urinary tract infection bacterial vaginosis organisms um, sort of keep them out because we know the bad bacteria do that also they create this biofilm and that's why when you treat an infection you oftentimes get recurrence because the antibiotic can't get to them so right okay all right the next one mm -hmm. true or false uh, a, a pregnant woman who takes probiotics during pregnancy improves birth outcomes that's true actually um, and there's growing data in that area and uh, which I think is fascinating um, birth weights actually uh, uh, improve um, so yeah, I guess Indirectly, infant might be healthier. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that a woman who takes probiotics is going to have a 50-pound kid. But, <laughs> That's too <laughs> but, much. But yeah, but they're you know the the yeah the outcomes seem to be better. One really significant one, and I'm getting clinical here, is the fact that one of the biggest causes of of, um, of uh, uh, miscarriages is actually bacterial vaginosis. Oh. And so one of the things that's really interesting is treating women who have had BV or have recurrent BV who want to become pregnant with probiotics and that mm. pregnancy outcomes then improve. And so that's a fascinating area. We've talked about it during my lecture today. There's been some really interesting prevention of atopic dermatitis or eczema uh, studies where mom starts taking it in the you know, 35th, fifth week of gestation mm -hmm. and then continues taking it after the child's born and then when they stop nursing, the child takes it till six months. Showing really clear prevention, but there's new data, new two really interesting studies that taking it even earlier in pregnancy, risk of gestational diabetes goes down, and actually uh, postpartum depression rates go down too. Wow. So there's benefits not only to baby, um, but also really significantly to mom too, right. which we weren't as focused on here. You know, it's not because it's pretty common conditions right. of pregnancy. And if you help the mom, you help the baby. Exactly. Yeah. Happy mom usually means a happy baby. Yeah, and happy <laughs> husband and right, family exactly, exactly. in general. All right, the next one, true or false? Antibiotics kill probiotics, so people should not be taking them at the same time. Um, I'm going to give that, I, that's a probably a, um, we don't know for sure answer. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be true, it could be true or false. Okay. Most, most probiotic experts suggest that if it's capable, try to take the probiotic about four hours, three or four hours away from the antibiotic just to be on the safe side. But mm -hmm. I've never seen any hard data that says that when you take them together, they kill 
kill the, the probiotic. But mm. it's sort of one of those intuitive things of like, well, yeah, if you take them at the same time, it's likely that the antibiotic might have some negative effect on the, right. on the probiotic. Right. So that's usually, it. I think we were talking earlier about with kids, sometimes you just got to tackle them and get the, get the stuff in them. <laughs> yeah, you know? see what you can it's put just in them. Two, taking two different things during a day sometimes for a two-year-old is really difficult. <laughs> yeah, I know firsthand. Yeah. Okay, and the last one, true or false, probiotics are safe. Um, mostly true, um, but there's exceptions, as is the case with everything. And um, I really, uh, today during the talk, talked a lot about the standards that the better uh, strain developers and companies that are research-oriented apply to probiotics. So one of the big things that we don't is we don't want probiotics to confer what's called antibiotic resistance. So we think, you know, if you take antibiotics, you take probiotics, you're usually right. Mm -hmm. But there may be strains out there that actually tell the antibiotic don't do what you're supposed to do and, and, and block its action or interfere with its action. So it's one of the things that a lot of the strain suppliers test for mm. automatically when you get a probiotic strain approved in like Canada, you have to you have to prove that. I mean you have to show that it doesn't confer the ability to block the antibiotics ability to do what it, it does. It's also a thing called translocation, which is a little complicated, but basically simply put, it means that the probiotic goes from the GI tract into the bloodstream. We don't want that to happen Ooh, either because it can good. cause it can cause you know it can cause septicemia, it can cause a systemic infection. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to use another antibiotic to to uh, or an antibiotic to treat that infection. So that's another thing that the better strain suppliers um, test for. And during my talk today, I talked a little bit about vulnerable populations. So you brought up pregnancy. We talked a little bit about kid, you know, infants particularly. Mm -hmm zero to two, and then really severely immunocompromised people. I'm very, very selective in what I would say is safe and not safe, mm -hmm. unless I, I want to see proven safety if I'm going to use a probiotic mm -hmm. strain or a probiotic supplement. And I think that's where we've gotten into trouble in a couple of situations where, you know, people just go out and buy any probiotic off the shelf and it hasn't really been tested for. Mm -hmm. You know, safety in that population or some of the other things we talked about. So, yeah. So, setting the bar high for safety is really, really important. Right, especially for compromised populations. Yeah, or vulnerable populations. Yeah. Vulnerable. Yeah. And, and I, I would even put the elderly, you know, some of the, you know, um, in there. People, people like me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, that brought a couple questions. This is not a true or false, but so is it possible that probiotics, is it pot potentially could probiotics help increase antibiotic resistance? No, I mean, it's, it's, well, there is that potential and that's why it's typically tested by strain. They actually test them to see if, do they confer any antibiotic resistance? And the answer is usually no. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure I know the case study of one that said, you know, absolutely it does. But okay. it's one of those things that, in, again, in the more quality companies, you know, testing clinical studies for safety and efficacy, right, right. that's looked at and that sort of thing. So there's always that possibility, and it was brought up in the, Dr. Cohen JAMA mm -hmm. letter, you know, those the big scare thing. Right. And, and I have, I know most of the major strain suppliers, and I can't think of one that's run into that says, yeah, we've right. definitely saw significant effects on blocking antibiotics. Okay. Well, certainly underscores the need for safety testing with probiotics or any yep. any supplement.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Brown, for being with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for interviewing me. And of course, thank you to the Council for Responsible Nutrition for holding this lovely event. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the supplement industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud accounts.